Baumgartner is in free fall now. He's falling, falling, falling. There really is no going back. He is simply plummeting. And there'll be more on the career of Zolt Baumgartner later on. But first, this. Hello humans and sentient synthetic life forms. I'm Gareth and I really want a twizzy, I have to admit to that. This is Richard Porter. Hello. What do you want, Richard? I would like you to get a twizzy so I can point and laugh at you for your stupid car. <laughs> and the voice of Zog. What does the voice of Zog want? A solution to the Fermi paradox since you've gone off on your synthetic life forms. Oh, very good. Yeah, I was discussing yeah. that last night. I'd like my rear demister to work as well, but then it's, it's uh, on a much more mundane level. Just bringing it back down to earth. Welcome. Over to Gareth Jones on speed. Should we start with Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. We start with the fact that Lewis Hamilton, after 300 years at McLaren, yeah, bit to an, an epoch, an, an era, epoch, epoch, yes. yeah. At McLaren, has decided that he doesn't want to live with the family anymore, and has gone to Mercedes. Zog, good thing or bad thing? I really don't know. It's really hard to say. On the one hand, I question why he'd want to leave McLaren, who, um very confident are going to be building better cars consistently over the next few years than Mercedes, even if Mercedes continues to up their game. But I do understand why he might want to flee the nest, why he wants to kind of, as Schumacher did, sort of establish himself in a new team rather than be kind of McLaren's guy. So Lewis has said it, Richard. I'm going to Mercedes and I want to, you know... Save a team. I can't remember the exact words he used, but he said, you know, I want to build up Did a he, I hope team. he didn't say that. That so, just makes him sound like a right bell. Even more well, of an egotist. Or yeah. Because if he yeah. does... Mm, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? As an F1 fan, you're thinking, well, Hamilton is one of those drivers, like Schumacher, like, I suppose, Alonso, you know, one of the real greats who can get the best even out of a car that's not necessarily among the best on the grid. Mm. And if that Mercedes isn't... Absolutely, Bob. Won't it be interesting to see him trying to do his best with it and trying to pull it up by its bootstraps? It could make for more interesting viewing. Sort of on a slightly more mushy level, I'm thinking, well, it's a bit of a betrayal, isn't it? McLaren nurtured him, and Ron Dennis sort of seemed to personally sort of try and make him the driver he is. And his dad, of course, was there doing it. And he seems to be actively turning his back on all of these people who've made him the driver he is today, flaws and all. It's a bit of a shame. I heard someone recently say, Lewis had to do this. You have to rebel against your parents. And that what we're seeing from him, because McLaren are his parents, you know, you know, they truly, truly are. They've been with him since he was in nappies, practically. You have to leave the nest, as Zog said, and do your thing. Yep. But are we seeing in Lewis what I call the Michael Jackson syndrome? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> not that one, no. But he had a suppressed childhood, didn't he? You know, his childhood time was spent... Not because of Michael Jackson, just make that quite clear. Yeah, quite clear, yeah. But, you know, Jackson's childhood was suppressed because his father said, no, no, we must go out there and practice and be yeah, the greatest. Yeah. And, mm. of course, Lewis has had that since he was a child. So is he now being the teenager he wasn't allowed to be five years ago because he sacked his dad and he wants to be his own boss? 
Yeah, but interesting theory. I mean, there may be an element of that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, that's part of this, you say, fleeing the nest thing. And I think, as you suggest, Richard, there's maybe an element of churlishness almost about his attitude to McLaren, maybe. Yeah. But he doesn't owe it to McLaren to spend the rest no, of his he career doesn't. there. That's why yeah, I say, it, I it's think... It's up to I'm, him. He's I'm, given them fantastic results. He's yes. given them some, you know... Heartache and some yes. data. He shared some data for them. Uh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was very, <laughs> very, very generous. We all got a lot teenager stuff. But yeah. yeah, you know, but he's paid them back for yes. all they've put into him. He's entitled to go his own way. And so good luck to him at Mercedes. What I'd like to see is him just racing at Mercedes with the right kind of attitude because you yeah. want to see him with that sort of positive attitude rather than that sort of slightly reluctant yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't quite put, I'm, I'm not expressing this particularly well, but, you he, know... He, he didn't want to be there anymore. Petulant. Yeah. Did he? Petulant. Mm. But no, that's why I said earlier on, I'm being a bit mushy about this. I just think maybe, in a way, if you were being a bit too emotional about it, you would think it reflects badly on him as a person. It's a lack of loyalty. But the truth is that Formula One is a business, and people make decisions selfishly because they have to because if you yeah. don't look after yourself who's going to I was a friend of mine has an interesting theory actually about this that he thinks as an engine supplier as well as a team Mercedes have the head start mm-hmm. with the forthcoming fundamental change in engine rules yep. and that you are smartest to mm-hmm. be with a team that knows what's coming McLaren will get that Mercedes engine in a box one day and will know less about it while Merck will have it at their factory running on a dyno very soon, so if not already, I don't know where they're up to with this. I, I think, okay, I think they, they are running it. Uh, Renault are. I, th- okay, I well, don't know if Mercedes are. I know Renault are. Somewhere in, well, in Northamptonshire, I suppose. It's called Mercedes Benz Performance Powertrains. It used to be Ilmore. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, interesting theory. Just that, you know, the, yeah. A wise driver goes to the people who have the advanced knowledge. And it will benefit Mercedes and Ferrari and who else makes their own engines and chassis? What used um, to be Renault. Yes. But you might say, well, that hasn't done Mercedes any good in the last couple of years. OK, the difference is that we've got a big change in engine rules coming and that's a very different situation. But nonetheless, the fact that Mercedes have been the engine supplier and the chassis manufacturer and have had that head start with integration you know, hasn't been that much of a help to them recently. No, it's, so. it's a shot in the dark theory, but it's an interesting one. That I, we think, can yeah, I think we agree we wish him well. We like Lewis to... Sp- Bite his best efforts, I think, is the truth of that. You yeah, know? he could be a right divvy, can't he? Yeah. But he's a terrific driver. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, he is only relatively young. A friend of mine was in a nightclub that he was in not so long ago, and he was just there with a big gang of mates. And he was dancing on a chair, and he was behaving like a multi-millionaire, like, uh, 20-something bloke. <laughs> do. Well, yeah, it's just a thing. But, uh, I, I, I can't imagine Kimmy dancing on a chair. No, um, Kimmy smashing up a chair, smashing up a chair, drinking a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine what it's going to be like for Mercedes next year when Lewis turns up? Can you picture the briefing? What are they going to say? So, uh, hello, Lewis. Uh, welcome to Mercedes. Yeah, this is well wicked, Ross, isn't it? So, uh, this is the main workshop. Yeah. There's your new car, coming together nicely. Uh-huh. The canteen is just up the corridor there, if you want to get something to eat. Totally. Uh, if you need the loo, it's just behind that sign over there that says Honda on it, and it's been crossed out and brawn written in a biro, and then it's got a Mercedes sticker over it. Um, For sure. And that's basically it. Any questions? Um, yeah, there's one thing. Do you mind if I call you... Dad? Dad, Petrol! We've got a Jones on speed! 
there's an awful lot going on in F1 at the moment. In fact, there's been an awful lot going on in F1 for a little while. Listen to this. Australia collides with Pastor Maldonado on lap two. <laughs> Malaysia sends Michael Schumacher into spin. Oh, sorry, oh, I, I think the, the, we know the country we were... of Australia had collided with Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, an unusual accident. Uh, it, yeah, but again, it has happened. We can guess who was driving the country of Australia that happened. <laughs> that, can't we? I think we, we know who was at the control. Spain taps Sergio Perez and punctures Sauber driver's right rear on lap one. Monaco squeezes Schumacher into barriers at start. Britain clips Paul de Resta, puncturing force India driver's right rear tyre. Germany makes contact coming down the hairpin and picks up a puncture. Belgium hits Lewis Hamilton, sparking a mass pile-up. Japan takes out Mark Webber, sending Red Bull driver to the back of the field. Korea manages to have a race without killing anyone or almost killing anyone. Who am I talking about? It's Taka Anui. <laughs> Reincarnated as a Frenchman. Who? We were going to mention them. We were going to say this about yeah, uh, just a very brief aside. Taka Inui on Twitter is hilarious. Please follow Taki Inui. It really is him. It's beautiful. Yeah. And he really is I like quite the way bonkers. He refers to drivers by their team. He talks about yes. Lewis McLaren. Yes. He talks about mm. Kimi Lotus. I like that. I'm having No, that. it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't come up with a parody account that's any funnier because yeah. he oscillates between wildly funny and slightly mad and then sort of occasionally he just says something slightly insightful yeah. and then follows it with something equally mad and like it's 11 o'clock I've got big balls so I'm drinking yes. that's a typical tweet yes. of his and he has a good picture it's a good I detect as well he also sometimes yeah. refers to his own glorious Formula 1 career in slightly self-deprecating terms yeah, it's yeah. almost like there's no one that's more in on the gag about Taka Anui than Taka yeah. Anui himself Bless great you. more power to his elbow assuming it hasn't been shattered by a marshalling car <laughs> <laughs> so I put it to you is, sorry yes is Roman Grosjean the new Taki Anui oh my lord well I think he's no. a pretty handy driver yeah. but he's pretty awful at avoiding trouble I do wonder if what Bernie said about him Maybe needing an eye test and having needing his peripheral vision check. Maybe there's something in that. Mark you know, Webber suggested he went on holiday. Goes mm. on another holiday. I think yeah, very yeah. nicely yeah. put. But that was like holiday in the old Australian sense, where he meant go to prison. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, rather, go to Australia. In yeah. fact, as it used to be. But um, then he called him a first lap nutcase, nutcase which is yes. which is terrific. Yeah. Mm. I, I bless Mark Webber for that. I don't think he's reckless. I don't mm. think Grosjean is crazy and reckless. He's obviously been quite sort of distressed by some of these incidents and doesn't yeah. I mean I, I don't think he quite understands sometimes how it's happening but even if you <laughs> you know allow him allow you know <laughs> allow a little bit of bad luck in there yeah he needs to tone it down a little bit doesn't he he? that fantastic Will Ferrell as Neil Diamond sketch from Saturday Night Live in America where he ends up shouting cool out and it's really that's what Grosjean needs to do he just needs to cool out a little bit just mm. just relax just relax, Roman. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's finding it really hard. I mean, come on, it is his first full season in F1 again. And, and possibly his last. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, look who's in the other car. Someone who makes it look easy, doesn't he? Kimmy's comeback has been rather better than Schumacher's comeback already, hasn't it? It speaks mm. something of the topsy-turvy nature of this season. You know, normally, before this point in the season... You're pretty sure somebody you know is going to win the championship unless something goes wrong. Or it's between mm. two people, but it's been between two people for quite a while. Mm. And this one, it was sort of only at the last race where it started to crystallise. It was like, mm. oh, OK. Because up until that point, everyone was having a turn at winning races, which yeah. we mentioned on the show before. 
And it was actually easy to forget that Raikkonen was right up there, sort of at the top of the table, because he hasn't had a spectacular season, but he's had a bloody solid one, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. In that car, which really is underfunded and not supported in the way that it has been in the past. But Boulier's, I call him Boulier, is doing a great job managing the resources they have. And that car is punching above its weight at the moment. I know historically that's the only other team to have won championships in the last 20 years other than Ferrari, Williams and McLaren. You think mm. about it, you know, but yeah. it's a long time ago since they did. I never really felt that Raikkonen was in with a serious shot at the title, even though mathematically it's been clearly possible for a while. But I just never really felt that was actually going to happen. But, but it's a, but it's a great comeback. He's, he's really, back, no, no, I mean, no, he's been doing a magnificent job. And it's really good to see him doing that and yeah. delivering in that car and taking that team on. It's, so, it's, yeah. so is Roman's problem that he really is pushed for velocity at every level by the mighty Kimi and that's why he's slightly out of control you know overdriving they accuse him of that do you know he reminds no. me of do you remember Pizza Boy Antonio Pisonia oh yeah, yeah? <laughs> um, he was slightly out of control but blooming quick and I think Roman's suffering the same thing you know in order to maintain that extraordinary pace he's just a little bit on the limit of his abilities you know I'm not saying he's dangerous or out of control but he's close to it you know I don't think it's anything to do with competition with his team I don't think it's that he's being pushed by Raikkonen really? yeah I think it's in him it's in his head it's entirely within Grosjean because even allowing for a little bit of bad luck here and there causing the extra few accidents it's something in his approach and he just needs to chill out a little bit and maybe try a bit of transcendental meditation. He didn't used to be a motorcycle racer did he because it just strikes me that he forgets there are sort of extra bits of car projecting out beyond the width of his own body. <laughs> his, his, um, he thinks he's in a Renault Twizy. It? It's sort of, it's not even, spatial it's, awareness. It is, yeah, um, spatial yeah. awareness, yes. Ask yes. him to play Tetris, see how he gets on. Is that a good test of spatial awareness? I think no, it I, is, yeah. Look, if you have him playing Tetris during the race, that really isn't going to help at all. No, not That's, during the race. Oh, OK. Qualifying. Uh, right. <laughs> So, qualifying is complete, and this is how it's looking at the front of the grid for tomorrow's race. Sebastian Vettel is on pole after getting a long, thin piece slotted sideways down the side of another four blocks. Lewis Hamilton is second after slotting an L-shaped piece into the side. Fernando Alonso made a late run to third by getting a sort of T-shape into the two top rows. And in fourth place... Kamui Kobayashi, who got rid of several rows by accidentally driving into them. Gareth Jones on speed. The final part of this episode was recorded after Michael Schumacher announced his retirement, but before he announced that he had retired from all motor racing. We hope this does not spoil your enjoyment of this podcast. If you are unsatisfied with this, we promise you a complete refund of what we charged you to listen to this show. Thank you. We were going to dedicate the next part of this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed to Schumacher's retirement, at which point Violet came in the room just as we were planning this. V, come over here. Just tell them what you said to us a minute ago. I said, well, why don't you just go through the archives and uh, just replay the bit where he last retired? 
you've done it. You've got it on tape. There we go. Well, that's, that saves, saves us ten a lot work. of effort. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thank you very much, Ronald. <laughs> the production manager has saved us an awful lot of work. But the circumstances are different this time. Because when he retired last time, he was becoming slightly rubbish. Mm-hmm. And this time, he's really more than slightly rubbish, isn't he? He can't yeah. do it. And I think he knows that now, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. He just makes more little mistakes here and there, and he just doesn't have quite the turn of speed he used to have. You know, no question. Uh... I said this on Twitter during the last race, but I'll repeat myself anyway, that I thought when you see the younger drivers overtaking Schumacher during the race, it just reminds me of that sequence in a nature documentary where the old wounded wildebeest just gets savaged by another lion and you just feel it's so terribly sad and why don't they just finish him off for good and yeah. now finally thankfully at the end of the season he is finishing himself off for good racing wise oh. I don't know whether I'm confusing rumour with reality but because there was a rumour before it was confirmed that Hamilton was going to Mercedes part of that whole package of rumours was that uh, Schumacher would stay on as a team an consultant yeah. and ambassador is that yeah. happening? Unclear yet. He hasn't said whether he's going to or not. Sauber did whisper something out loud that they might be interested in taking him, but I thought that would have been a good bet that he wouldn't give up and he'd quite like to work for Sauber because he lives in Switzerland. You know, he just could be at home. That's such a sign of him being old now, though, isn't it? I like him because they are local. (laughs) Don't have to travel too far. I get so tired. And the thing is, I mean, you know, for all the fact that he's not as good as he used to be, clearly, you get the feeling that he's enjoying it as much as he ever did if not more yeah. You know, yeah he's getting a kick out of it he's enjoying it and he's not too bothered by the fact that he's not winning all the time i wonder if he will go to dtm soon to be merged with super gt in japan well, just kick his brother's ass oh, he'd love to do that wouldn't he that's that's what i was thinking that that's really what it's all about if ralph was still in formula one oh, you know man. michael just, would be uh, tremendous just, i could just go to dtm where suddenly he's not sort of mid to back of the pack he's actually quite good and mm. kicking Ralph's ass and also just making Coulthard's shoulders sag a bit oh no DTM's very hard to do well if you're an F1 yes. driver Mika Hakkinen struggled Jean Lacy struggled mm. it's your little it's guys from Formula 3 who do well in the DTM your Gary Paffitts and your how many Gary Paffitts are there now and, uh, well there's the one in status quo yeah Oh, yeah. No, wait. Gary Parfitt. I like the idea of Gary Parfitt in status quo. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Parfitt, the McLaren and Mercedes test driver. That's another powerful image. Will Michael go there and risk getting clobbered, or will he go back to Le Mans? You know, he drove it in a Sauber all those years ago. I'd I, love I, to see him at Le Mans. I can't, see him, I can't see him doing DTM. I think he'd be more likely to maybe do the occasional one-off things. Yeah, maybe do Le Mans, a couple of things like that, but... I I don't think he'd do another series. It's funny, isn't it? Le Mans, although it is an endurance event and it clearly takes the bejabbers out of the drivers to do it, but it is an older chaps racing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? There's a lot of 40-something guys and older hmm. in that doing perfectly well. So yeah. well, I'm reminded, talking of Schumacher in this context, I'm reminded of a very famous joke that I think Fred Dynage once told me, clang. <laughs> You're allowed to clang. You used to work with the yeah, he's been made for 20-odd years. Right. 
there are two balls at the top of the hill, right? We can figuratively imagine that one of them to be Romain Groschon and the other one to be Michael Schumacher, right? Two bulls at the top of the hill. Oh, bulls! Bulls! Like bulls. Like boy cows, not yeah, boy balls. Cows. Right. Okay. Man cow in this right. case. Man cow. Now, one of them is a very old, learned bull. The other one is a, a young bull. <laughs> I know bull. this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And the old bull says to the old bull, see those cows there? Should we run down the hill? I don't know why Tommy Cooper was <laughs> run down the hill and I go and have sex with one of those cows down there. So the old bull turns to the young man Groschan bull and says, let's walk down the hill and make love to all those cows there. And so I think that applies at Le Mans as well. You know, Schumacher has reached that grand old age of lumbago and arthritis where you can do very well at Le Mans. You didn't phrase the joke quite like that the last time I heard it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, I, bizarrely, I was told that joke by sometime friend of the show and Jaguar designer, Ian Callum. Hey, you clang, nigga. <laughs> clang. And, you're allowed to say and, that. Uh, but he didn't use making love either. Um, <laughs> yeah, well he wouldn't. He used an ancient Scottish word. Can I just say that? Can I say that Hollywood director Steven Spielberg never told me that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so we're left a uh, hollow space now in Formula One, which is being filled by Lewis Hamilton and the merry-go-round or the musical chairs of Formula One. The music is still playing at the moment, while the last few seats are taken up. Hulk is going to Sauber. I think he should have got the McLaren drive instead of Perez, to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah I don't know. Really. No, I think I'm, he's great. I'm looking forward. Better, he's better great. than Perez? Better I'm, than I'm Perez. Not, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure he is. Safer than Perez. When was the last time you saw Hulk in trouble? Hmm. Yeah, fair point. But, um, did he win A1 GP in his first attempt in a really reasonable but not the top team? Yeah, he did. It starts there. And he, I think he's fab. I wish he'd gone to McLaren. I really do. But anyway, good to think, Sauber. I, I mean, well, I'm, you know, Sauber's one of those, you know. On the way up. But they've just lost James Key, who was involved in the design of this great car. Which, okay, so. Uh, that, well, I don't know. Sauber have a history of being surprisingly good at times at don't the they? end so, of the season usually yes just at well the end of fine the season. there we go but they're not hopeless no they're not marusha so it's no. just they're just plucking a name from the air there but that's the hulk at least he's there he's in f1 still mclaren yeah lineup sorted there yeah jensen Botoun and uh, ferrari and now yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to fixing a few celebratory margaritas to mark perez Going to, Any to McLaren. Excuse, Any excuse, Sog. Any excuse. You know, I like my cocktails and I do like, you know, I, I do like a good margarita. Like a margarita. Yeah, so, yeah, um, that's that. And then, yeah, so Massa staying at Ferrari confirmed this week. Yeah, for um, a year. And because the popular. Yes, well. He was already getting a bit whiffy. I saw that Although he's had a sort of resurgence, hasn't he? But I don't know. Some of blue cheese thing. There's blue a point where he comes off and he's matured. And yes. Yeah. But the belief. Is yeah. that he's there for a year as a placeholder sort of thing, yeah. keep out of trouble, don't crash the car, and then in 2014 his place will be taken by Sebastian Vettel. Never, yeah. never. You saying never? Smoke and mirrors. Why I reckon they have signed what? an so, option with him. Are they, is that a fact, or is that something that people just keep they saying? sign options all the time, well, don't they? Yeah, with yeah. Drivers, you can always sign an option without being breaching the contract. Yeah, but but if they've signed that option, and I mean, it's the biggest threat. Are they kind of hedging their bets in case Alonso leaves? They what you're are thinking, trying to or? destabilize Red Bull emotionally. They're playing that sort of Ooh. game. 
I mm. reckon. Cunning. You say never, if I may quote the not-much-loved 80s non-franchise Bond film, never say never again. <laughs> Because you just can't say for sure what would happen. It's for a sure. crazy world. And that this yeah, is yeah. not next season. This is two seasons' time when who knows what could be happening. But I think we could be pretty confident that by 2014, Massa's luck probably will be up and he won't be... be back to Sauber. Back to, well, back to Sauber or just back to impersonating a panda for children's parties. <laughs> So, I don't know. Would yeah. Vettel leave Red Bull? I mean, we're back to the sort of Hamilton thing. It's like Red Bull is the team that made him. Yeah. Would he turn his back on that? Well, yes, because he has that thirst for winning, that thirst for championships that Hamilton also has. He will go where he thinks he can get it best. And if that isn't Red Bull, or if Ferrari give him an equal chance but a fresh start to do something new, then why not? Personally, yeah, well, exactly. You know, he, you know, he likes his records and he likes his challenges. Yeah. The Hamilton comparison is a good one, I think. Why wouldn't he go to Ferrari if they're offering him a load of money and he's got a chance to go up against Alonso because, in his own team? Why because not? Alonso would be truly afraid of him, in my opinion. Personally, I would love to see Vettel go to Ferrari and stomp Alonso into the outfield. That would be fantastic. But Ferrari do, as you pointed out when you were at the Belgian Grand Prix, I think, in, in a previous show... Ferrari like a second driver who is utterly compliant yep. and doesn't overshadow the lead driver. Yeah. like a very yeah. old-fashioned sort of one-two system, not a two. Oh, no, they're equal. They don't like that, do they? They've like never a, done a that, really. System, so. Not for many, many, many years. And anyway. you'd have to say that Alonso and Vettel are two of the best drivers. I think it is true that if they were going to have the two of them there, they're going to have to break that having a number one driver arrangement. By the way, speaking of Vettel and Alonso being two of the greatest drivers, I don't know if you saw this week that Sir Jackie Stewart waded in and said, apropos of nothing, that he believes Vettel is not yet one of the greats. And some bloke on Twitter oh, yes. wrote yes. to us and said, yes. well, could you do a skit, please, where you just tell Jackie Stewart to start <laughs> off? And I thought, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, OK, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. Zog. Goodbye. And me, this was Gareth Jones on Speed. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. I've just remembered there's something I've got to do. Um, wait here. Thank you. 
Jackie Stewart? Aye? Why don't you just... Gareth Jones on Speed! Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Bang. <laughs>